Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Up in the his house for Rizzle with my sister, Hannah Narduzzi. All right, all right, all right. All right, all right, all right. Get this across. I can't do accents very well. Let's get this party started. I don't know what you mean. All right. So this is Hannah. My sister, my big sis, my big role model. Yeah. The one and only. Yeah. Seriously, she's the one and only big sister I have. Ask mom and dad that. (laughs) They have some things to answer. Oh, my gosh. You know, I got a lot of questions to ask. Asking all them questions. Man, why are you asking all them questions? Why are you asking all them questions? Making why are you statements? making statements? Assuming? I'm not assuming nothing. I don't know what you're trying to say. So, I don't know. Yo, you're frozen for me. <gasps> I don't know. I'm, I'm not That's frozen. That's okay. I'm not frozen. I'll stare, at, I'll stare at the pretty still image. Thanks. Thanks. Schminks. Love you. Well, so this is my sister. She lives Hi. in a different continent. Incorrect information. That is incorrect information. I lied. And um, I, I swear to God, that's the last. I swear to God, that's the last time I lied to you. That's it. I'm done. Okay. This information is not funny. This information is not funny, nor is it true. Misinformation. The true information is that Hannah lives uh, a couple cities away from me. In the west of Ontario, I live in the central, central, most central. I live by Toronto. She lives by Waterloo. Kitchener, Waterloo. Just in Waterloo. (laughs) I live down the street from uh, two universities. She lives down the corner out in the street, you know. I'm surrounded by a lot of smart people. They won't let me in their homes. Rightfully so, because we are in the midst of a pandemic. But I am vaccinated. But she is vaccinated because she's a badass bitch with the brain. I I work in a (laughs) for-profit long-term care home. That is also why she's vaccinated. (laughs) (laughs) So, so yes. That's a good thing. Getting vaccinated, yes. Getting vaccinated, yes. No. (laughs) Can be stress. Can be totally, totally not easy because it is stress. All right, so Hannah, let's just kick this off. Well, why don't you tell me? I know you know the answer to the question already. Okay. But why don't you tell me if you could pick one thing that is the favoritest, most favoritest thing about you? What is that? What is the most interesting thing about you? Um. Oh my god. What? Answer. Answer. Uh, I don't know. I, I really generic, but I like many things about myself. But I'd say if I have to pick one that I favor more out of my favorites, I I quite enjoy how personable and warm I am. I don't know. I guess I I like my personality, my approach to life. Nice. I think it, Gives other people permission 
when they see someone else acting a bit goofy and confident and owning themselves. Hannah, you say, absolutely hey, own yourself. Scary. No, yeah. Say, hey, maybe it's not that scary. The moment that you just kind of say, like, you know, like, there's the there's two ways to look at life. Like, oh, my God, nobody cares about me. Or, or like, everyone's judging me. Uh, or you can just be like, eh, nobody cares and everyone's judging me. So why, why don't I just be myself? You know, why don't I just you can either just like let it consume you and make you do nothing or you can just be like screw it i'm gonna just be the pair of balls from your unapologetically (laughs) just wear a couple of balls on your ears and call it a day you know she has cherry earrings on with big big ball cherries they were made by a friend of mine i like to support small i like to support small businesses yeah she's very good with that she does she's very uh she's really good morals and ethics Support local. Yeah, support local. Don't shop at Walmart. Don't shop can. at Walmart. That's also it's a privilege to be able to comfortably afford things from small businesses, which small businesses usually acknowledge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's don't, good. Don't don't stress yourself out financially by trying to support local to the point where, you know, you're struggling. Yeah. Well, I guess yeah. There's a good there's a good fine line that you can draw, based yep. on your personal situation. If you can comfortably afford alternatives, do that. Yeah, nice. But don't feel bad if you don't feel bad if you can't economically support local. There are other ways you can do it. I like that. Yeah, you can even volunteer and help. You could even just leave a positive review. That also is nice. That's a good point. Uh huh. That makes a big makes a big difference. Networking. Free marketing. Nice. That's a good idea. Mm-hmm. All right, Hannah. Tell me yeah. now. What is what is something or certain things that really light you up? That like make you feel that you got passion about, you know? That I pardon? That gives you passion. Like you're passionate. I thought you said fashion. No, not oh fashion. God. Passion. With the P. Peter. You hear me, Peter? Passion. Yeah. What gives you that? <laughs> Helping people. Helping people? I like it a lot. Okay, well, how do you do it? Um, oh, man, I had so much more vigor earlier in the afternoon that's just all been zapped <laughs> uh <laughs> all right well take a deep breath in <gasps> take a deep breath out yeah i don't know i think i think asking someone with severe adhd what brings them passion is kind of like a is the term double entendre? Is a double meaning to it? Double yeah, I mean, with ADHD, you tend to have different hyperfixations, and so you'll be fantastic at one thing, like a skill or hobby. Uh, and then after a few months, you might jump to the next thing. But I think it's kind of beautiful, right? Because if you if you find a way to hone that in and find an industry that really, really supports you almost hyper fixating on, on project to project. You come out with fantastic things. 
So I don't know, my ability to come up with great end products when I actually follow through on things makes me happy. Uh, I don't know, just making sure that other people's lives are as good as I can reasonably make them. Yeah, you want to like leave all your interactions and relationships off better. Yeah, but also I'm actively pursuing a career where, you know, I work to benefit other people, right, in therapy. Yeah. Okay, well then what about something that you've accomplished that's like maybe that you're the most proud of so far? Making it through post-secondary and not being neurotypical. I'm going to take these off. I can't. The cherry earrings? Yeah, they're cool. But one of the things is I have like sensory issues. That's true. Yeah, yeah. So like having it just like on your face kind of. Yeah. It's a, you just pay attention to it. You can't just move past yeah. it. Sensory issues weirdly affect you and your ability to focus sometimes. Yeah. But so, yeah, you accomplished, um, yeah, finishing post-secondary and like, and you did, you completed with uh, honors. Yeah. And with. Um, double major. Double major. Yes. Woohoo. I think there's a, there was a stat going around and then I saw an actual paper that backed up the stat recently saying something only like 9% of people with ADHD end up graduating post-secondary. 9%? 9 to 10% or something like that. Yeah, like a small, really small portion. Or at least graduate with honors or something like that. Wow. See, like, that is um, part of the reason. I know we have different views of the education system, but that's part of the reason is that, for me, it's the way that it is structured that bothers me. Because it doesn't set up everyone for success. It's just spe- like specific people. Yeah, it's set up for it's set up for neurotypical. Yeah, it's set up for people, neurotypical people. But or at um, least people that know how to. That's my issue. That is my if, main issue with it. Even if you're not neurotypical, there are ways that you can play with rather than against the system. Yeah. If I just want to like, go that route, like if only ten percent of people with ADHD can actually like complete their course i don't know how legitimate that number is but it makes me feel special well i'm proud of you and like you should definitely be proud of yourself (laughs) because it's a it is a mental strain to go through you know a lot of stress and so that's awesome yeah it wasn't um, even that stressful it was just the the timeliness and all of the little all of the little things that i'm naturally not very good at and i mean naturally is in uh you know my my brain is wired against me doing timely work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like deadlines and yeah, it's like finish this by this day, and you're like, I it's, will not. It's, it's a it's a it's a muscle you have to exercise rather That's than just sure. telling yourself you have to do it. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, like well, uh... and also and also starting the game much later than everyone else. I got diagnosed with all of the shit I have when I was 21. After everyone told me that there was nothing wrong with me. And you're like, well, I... And then, I, yeah. And I then did the, you wrong. The psychiatrist or psychologist, whoever diagnosed me, basically all of them were like, yo, you should give yourself a pat on the back. 
we had met you when you were eight, we would have given you much more support. And I'm like, damn, they were impressed that I was doing as well as I was. Well, at the end of the day, like you managed to teach yourself so many skills that like other people would have had, you know, coached along the way and been like taught how to deal with and had Behavior, help. Yeah, behavioral support, social instruction, a lot of that stuff, um, time management. Yeah, but like at um, the end, but like you still meant, but like maybe regulation. if you think about it, if those, if those 10%, if this is a correct number, if those 10% of people... If- had that support and didn't make it it's maybe because they weren't forced like you were to actually persevere through the the pain and maybe the reason that 10 percent of people with adhd don't make it through is because that's the 10 percent because more people are prescribed with it but maybe there's a lot of people like you undiagnosed not prescribed undiagnosed who are also finishing but they're not part of the statistic because they weren't diagnosed because they were like you and yeah. were forced to work through the difficult times on their obviously, own. Yeah, obviously the numbers and the stats are not going to represent the whole population. I Undoubtedly, there are people that are undiagnosed, you know, that have graduated but might yeah, have but similar struggles. Yeah. Sometimes but- I wonder, like, because for me... Like I was playing cards with my mom and I'm I was doing like it was a memory game. So I was diagnosed with short memory. Memory games like the plague. I just tell people Yeah, like that's the thing is like I was diagnosed with short term memory and slow processing speed. But now it's almost like the opposite. So I was diagnosed at the age of like fourteen and I you know identified as that and I was told everyone I was dumb and slow and stupid for the like that's how I identified for mm-hmm. most of my life but well, you then internalized it and then that eventually became your kind of like spot or it was like a crutch thing. for me and it I, was you know, I was like i was like i'm okay like this is who i am so yeah, i'll just was, be like this but then it, it turns out that, that, would put that on. exactly it's like a mask but turns out it was wrong um for possibly the reason is that i had to overcompensate for my poor memory to the point where I worked that muscle in my brain so hard that I have a really good memory now. Like I, like I used to say like, I'm really bad with names, but that's a, that's a lie because I'll remember everyone's first and last name. And you know, like I'll remember the full name and I'll remember things and I have a really good visual memory. So it's weird because for the longest time I thought that I had a terrible memory, but I actually don't. I have a really good one. Yeah, and it, well, I, I think, think part of it goes into say, but me thinking that I had to overcompensate and like work that much harder on it to the point where I got really good at it. There, there is something to be said about telling a developing child, really, you have this, you ha- will struggle with this. And when that person is trying to figure out how the world works, and their place in it, I think it's almost dangerous. Like I'm, as much as I'd struggled, I'm happy I got my diagnosis as an adult. Yeah. Because I already had worked through, like I knew I just, in my gut, I was good at certain things and really bad or really struggled with other things, right? I I could write an essay like nobody's business. Maybe structurally it wasn't the best, but that's what editing was for. But if you were to ask me, you know, to to remember, like, the 
the periodic table of elements, I was fucked, right? And and it wasn't that I didn't understand it because, you know, I, I was smart enough that I was with all of my other peers, you know, I was taking all of the higher classes. Um, but I struggled with some of the, the, um, what's the word? Not arithmetic, the, anyways, I was struggling with things that other people were not. And I, and I noticed there was a difference in my learning. So what I did was I just said, okay, I just won't do math. I'm not good at it. It makes me feel bad. I'm not going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, right there I was getting 80s and 90s in music and philosophy and all of these other things that were you know exercising my creative muscle and also you know memory a little bit but um, you know I, I just was like well I'm doing bad and the consequences of doing bad make me feel bad how do I avoid this okay well if I have to finish this course in order to, you know, get in, I'll struggle through it and then I'll never have to take it again. Right. And so I was always in my own way trying to, you know, support myself without even realizing I was doing that. Right. But yeah. I think I think there are dangers in letting kids know, honestly. Uh, that at at an early age because yeah you use that to define yourself when really you're much more of a fluid individual and when you have a definition you let that limit you in a way that you don't even realize until you're older and you can look back and reflect and you're like wow I really did let that stop me sometimes but but I think there's something to be said about like a lot of people will say oh Hannah you you know repeatedly repeatedly say oh, I'm not good at this, I'm not going to do it. But to me, that's a defense mechanism saying, oh, I'm trying to avoid the consequence of feeling like shit, right? So I'm okay staying up front. I recognize my limitations. I think there's a healthy balance. It takes a little while to get there, but there's a there's a healthy balance between recognizing your limitations and politely excusing yourself for your own sake in the future, because you know that a situation might trigger you or might make you, you know, react in a really crappy way. And then other people will reject you. So, you know what I mean? Like social rejection was such a big fear of mine. I would just not do things, but there's, there's a way that you can in a mature fashion say thanks, but no thanks. That's awesome. That's that, that yeah. takes a lot of like, self-awareness and like strength and just like just really knowing who you are which a lot of the time does come from going through the pain and the struggle of like what it actually feels like to go through it yeah but i also really wish that again i i wish that we had a lot more awareness especially for girls um young like young women in the not even the school system but just going through puberty and teenage years that it's okay if you feel different and everyone for some reason loves criticizing young women more than they criticize young men like everyone's favorite game to do is just make fun of the newest fads that teenage girls love which I'm like why are you fucking tearing up things that they like like why is it why is a teenage girl's favorite thing now you know like like a a mockery of the masses you it know? does put a lot of it puts a lot of like 
unnecessary pressure and like yeah, just like self self inflicted like not self inflicted even it's in, externally yeah. inflicted just like pain you're like ah and then you feel bad you're like should I not be doing this and like well, the, you feel the bad about it. everyone's joke when we were growing up was oh you like Uggs yeah right well, even just like wearing makeup sometimes people would be like why do you even wear makeup it's like because I fucking want to <laughs> you know because I like how it makes yeah. me feel when I put it on because like, I'm not doing this for you maybe some people do it for other people but for the most part it's because I feel good doing it you know yeah, like there, I- there is also a portion of you know marketing and societal pressure yeah, which I know you're As super well. strong about. Like, you have super strong opinions about, like, like for example, like, I know you talk about um, razors and, like, shaving for women. Like, where that actually roots from mm-hmm. versus, like, so, like, there's ways that we show up now uh, that we're just, like, society telling you, like, this yeah, is what a- you should do. Autonomy and ownership of your identity, your public image, all that jazz. Women eventually are just kind of stuck. And you're like, well, if I do... I'm damned. And if I don't, I'll also be damned. Yeah. So, so I might as well just do whatever the fuck I want. <laughs> Within reason. Within <laughs> reason. With as long do whatever you want as long as you don't hurt other people. Well, no matter what, someone's gonna be butt hurt. Yeah, but like seeing, as long as you're not directly a woman inflicting pain onto somebody. You know, like somebody's gonna be offended by what you do. Like that's their problem, not yours, right? Forever. Unless, unless it's like unless you're actually oppressing <laughs> <There's> somebody. A... <laughs> Um, so Hannah, yeah, answer me this. What would you say to somebody who has tried something repeatedly and um, they want to give up? What would you say to them? They they can't do it. You're in an honest in an honest opinion, doing this in a way where I know you want me to answer. No, no, no. And uh, this is a bit of a different question. So I know in some, like, this is like at the point where they're like, they've tried it a bunch of times and it's in like, you know, deep down, it's not for them. So how do you politely tell them? Okay, wait, repeat the question one more time. Okay. What would you say to somebody who said, who said, I've tried, I'm not good at this and there's no point. Here's an offhand tip. If you diagnosis or not if you realize you have some little shortcomings that maybe affect how you interact with people the best way like I'm I'm really forgetful the best way is just to tease yourself a bit don't dwell on it and just kind of make it a quirk about yourself that's that's a maybe a little defense mechanism that I do that has worked fantastically for me make it a part of your charm if you say oh sorry I wish I was listening, but my brain was thinking about this. You know, there's always little ways that you can apologize for not being present without actually seeming like, yeah. So, sorry, Miranda. One more time. (laughs) (laughs) Please repeat the question. So listen when I talk to you, please. Will you listen for a goddamn second, okay? I got something I want to say to you, so just listen up really quickly. So you're talking to someone, okay? You're talking to someone and you say, and they're like, you know, I'm not good at this. And deep down, you're like, no, I know you're really bad. Like, you're this is not for you. Okay. So you're like, it's not. So you're like, I know this isn't for you. And they're like, okay, so like, I just feel like there's no point. Like, I don't want to do this anymore. Maybe how do you politely tell them? I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to be the reason why. Why? Anytime. Yes. So. So you're in this situation with them. 
makes me cry a little. So okay, so picture picture this. I come up to you, Hannah, and I'm like, yes. Hannah, yeah, I am um really bad at um drawing. Okay, and like I keep drawing, and I give you my drawings. Miranda, don't you don't have to use real no, 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 examples. No, no. I'm giving you. I'm giving an example. You don't okay, have so, to expose yourself. Hannah, I'm giving you an example because I'm really bad at drawing. So I, I give know you my you drawings. Are. I'm joking. I'm giving you. So you're good at drawing and I'm bad. Okay. So I gave you my drawings. <laughs> like, Hannah, I'm like, Hannah, I, I like think, that. Hannah, I, I tried really hard and I just can't do it. I can't draw. I know. I'm really bad. So how do you politely tell? Okay. So I know maybe, maybe I'm not the best one because you just be like, stop drawing. You know, you'd be like, stop it. But like, how would you tell somebody else? How would you tell them? to stop what just to be like you shit yeah but like in the nicest way possible <laughs> why what what are they gonna do with their drawings do they if they try and sell them they just wanted to be good at at art but they're just not how do you politely tell them well what's my business in telling them they're at they're, they came to you i'm like hannah i'm like i don't know what to say like i really want to be a drawer but I can't. Artist. I want to be, yes, sure, an artist. What do you say? One sec, one sec wait. No. Are you getting your drawings? Are you going to no. get some art? Are you going to get my drawings? That would be even worse. But you probably don't have any. So you come to me and you say, hey, I've made this. Yes, I made that. Do you think this is worth money? I would say maybe don't spend the money on your own website. But see if there's interest. See if there's interest from someone, go for it. There's probably a weird niche market that'll accept your art. And if not, it's okay. <laughs> Practice. It won't make perfect, but it makes habit. That's if it makes you quotes. happy. No, that's one of the best quotes. My, my Highland Dance teacher. What'd she I, say? I remember that. Um, Hannah tidbit number two or ten um, practice does not make perfect practice makes habit mm. practice doesn't make perfect practice makes habit and you want it to be a habit because well, you can practice something wrong a thousand times, and then guess what? You're going to do it fucking wrong. <laughs> so your journey to, you know, developing a habit will involve failure or pain or not doing something correctly. And so that means that you have to be really flexible with your practice and maybe try different ways. But ultimately, if you practice it kind of right a thousand times better than you practicing it incorrectly yeah nice that's pretty good I'm glad that we got to the answer yeah <laughs> i'm glad i'm glad and happy it's not even an answer it's just a it's a tip it's it's a tip and i like it i like the, the tip I like it, I like it, I like it a lot. Like it, I like it, I like it a lot. Hey, Brenda, where does Oh My Lanta come from? Oh My Lantis. Claire Briar, Claire. So, no, I heard one of my professors say that. She said, Oh My Lanta. Well, like Claire said, Oh My Lantis. 
when, oh when we were like when we were like 12 or oh my i Lanta. was 12 and you were 14 yeah she said it yeah. i think we were watching uh friggin what is it criminal minds probably that was <laughs> that was the shit that was the best show uh, ever. And i mean come I, on. Had the, I had the greatest group of friends i was such a toxic friend and i really didn't deserve them but i think they saw through it and they were just like Hannah's just an insecure little beast, but she's funny sometimes. So they suck around. <laughs> Anyways, and and also, you know, my house, our house was really close to the elementary school. <laughs> so so my friends in eighth grade, we would all uh, go go over to to our our place. I was gonna say my place, but it's your home too. Yeah, yeah. and then we would we would we only had. 50 minutes so five zero minutes not a full hour and so we would always watch criminal minds that was on um or we would watch jake long american dragon oh my god yeah and then sometimes on a rare occasion i would be there too oh and mad tv mad tv every day when i came home from elementary school i would go home put on uh i think it was much music or mtv or something and i would watch bam Viva La Bam and Jackass. Okay, that makes so much sense. That's me. We are fundamentally different people because of the TV programming we watched. That's what I would do. I would come home every day. I would be like, Jackass, Viva La Bam. (laughs) I didn't admit to myself. I think this this might be a later question, but it's kind of funny. I didn't admit that I was kind of gay to myself. I didn't admit it until I was 14 or 15. But I should have known because some of the telltale signs where I would wake up at three in the morning, go downstairs when I knew no one was awake, and I would turn on Girls Gone Wild. (laughs) (laughs) And And I I was like, watch. Oh my God. Yeah. Hannah. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I was always like, like, I was never into like, relationships or pursuing like 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 pleasure or anything when i was younger i was into just being like a badass i was into just being cool so like i would spend all my time being just like focused on just like cool programs and music and like doing things that are fun hanging out with the guys but like not actually i would google boobs and dick (laughs) <laughs> on google images See, we were fundamentally different in a lot of ways but that's just one of them it's like oh my god it's so funny man <laughs> and like and i didn't know i was bisexual <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> oh man that's pretty great so, I mean, Hannah, like, I guess my next question is, what was your biggest epiphany or oh shit moment that really made you reevaluate yourself? Would, well, no, growing up, it was, I was always like, eh, is, is this whole God thing really for me? Is it real? I don't know. And it was always, I would flip flop. And I was always a lot, without any intervention really from my parents, they were not strict about it. They were really, you know, they let us choose our own path which is fantastic and you know I'll I'll do the exact same I'll raise my kids the same way that our parents raised us um but you know our our mom has been in the healthcare industry since you know since I was born and she was always really open about why she didn't go to church with us and my dad was like well you know I'm catholic 
partially because he's Italian, right? I think it was part of it is a cultural identity, but he also found solace in the church growing up. Um, from what he's explained to me, he it was a it was a place of comfort and community and reflection, and he didn't feel alone. Um, because I think things were really stressful for my my dad and my mom, really stressful in different ways, but growing yeah. up. And she did not find any relief in knowing that there was a God, but my father did. And so, you know, when they had kids, my mom was like, you know what? Yeah, like, you know, we'll let them go to church, whatever. But she was she was honest and open about why she even she said, even if there is a God, I don't I remember her saying this to me. Um, she probably doesn't even remember, but it was just ground. It was like, she said, even if there is a God, I don't want to believe in, believe in him. If, if that God allows the kind of suffering that I see at the hospital. Right. And I was like, fuck, that's true. So I, I think one of my big wow moments was realizing that. You know, like, I I am this way. Like, I, I like both, if not all, right? Like, gender orientation, presentation, whatever. Um, but I also felt ashamed in the context of, you know, being religious. So I was like, well, I would rather be myself then subscribe to something that makes me feel bad about it. So I said, bye. <laughs> so that Hello? was the big moment, like with like that one convo with mom? Well, no. So actually, that was one of the things. The biggest wow moment was a fucking YouTube video that said, if you pray to a jug of milk, the outcome will be yes, no, or maybe. If you prayed to God, or God's a plural, the outcome will be yes, no, or maybe. And I was like, damn! <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, that's fucking true! Yes, no, or maybe. Yeah. And then, I, well. I don't know, I, I, I teased that the moment I stopped believing in Santa Claus, I stopped really believing there was a higher power disenchanted with all of it we're just here <laughs> so you don't believe in any higher being at all no Are not necessarily agnostic or atheist agnostic i'm open yeah i'm an agnostic atheist so I would argue that that agnosticism is the umbrella term, the same way you might say autism spectrum, right? Maybe not the best. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, there's also probably something to be said about me on that spectrum too. It's okay. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, I I I strongly strongly believe that. Even if there is something, I don't think that it has the same virtues as humans, right? I think, you know, a lot of people just try to justify their life and 
and oh sorry we're going off this is a whole okay. yeah whole other thing that's okay yeah we can talk but, about that another but time. basically any of the arguments that you hear agnostics or atheists say as to why they don't like organized religion you can apply that to me as well i'm not a big fan of it doesn't mean that religious people at all are or bad people. That's not my approach at all. I think everyone has the right to choose and everyone, and I respect everyone's decision. But when it comes to that being your only source of information and your jumping point for, you know, how we should treat others in terms of, you know, you get special treatment because you're Muslim, you get special treatment because you're Christian, but all these gay people or you know, all these other people from a different religion that, you know, should, shouldn't be able to get married or vote, you know, like that kind of shit. Like they don't have the same access as you in a secular country. I think all that is bullshit. <laughs> all right. People are people, no matter what you people. believe. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it should, I don't think it should play into uh, the way that you ethically treat another person for sure. Yeah, but it does. I know. Um, so. And you can't escape it. What is the most uncomfortable conversation you've ever had that you can think of? Mm-hmm. I mean, I've had uncomfortable conversations with myself about myself. Right? Um. And I know, like, people that know me closely might be aware of what I'm alluding to. Uh, like, a, f- a few years ago with the, the state of my relationship and if it was right for me and my and my boyfriend, um, who's now my Currently fiance. fiance. So, so, ultimately, it was the right choice. Um, yeah. But I, w- I would say another difficult thing was saying, like, hey, you know, you actually might have been a victim when you didn't think that you were a victim. And it, and it was kind of weird because I always thought I was the bad guy in a lot of cases, right? <clears throat> like, I would listen to my mental illness, um, you know, saying, you are bad. <laughs> you should not do this. Remove yourself. Do this, blah, blah, blah. So I think the tough conversation was, saying, you know what, it's kind of a 50-50. Partially, you were actually objectively a shitty person in some situations. But in other cases, you were just a scapegoat or, you know, others were projecting their own insecurity onto you. So I think the toughest conversation was being like, it was all of those. <laughs> Growing up, it was, it was, a, multi- it was a, a tiered issue, like T-I-E-R. Mm-hmm. Multi multifaceted, multi-tiered issue. I don't know, but acknowledging that you were good and bad, you know, I think that's that is really a, difficult. That is a challenging conversation to have. It is, yeah, is like really accepting like wh- like who you actually are and like where your downfalls well, are. No, more about no more about your impact on other people. I think is where I I come from a lot because I I think fundamentally I like all all of my self-reflection comes from how I assume someone else reacted 
right? Or how I worry about how I impact other people. And that's just like at my core, I've never really been different. Um, you know, and and uh, eventually being like, oh, so partially I have to factor in that maybe my observations are not objective. That was kind of difficult. I think it's healthy to do that, but, you know, to realize just how subjective your existence is and to be like, you know, oh, let me fucking say this too. You know what's difficult and no one ever really talks about and people might come at me for this? Is how extroverts are fucking treated like nice extroverts. Yeah. Where is the support for mentally ill extroverts? Where the fuck is it? We struggle in different ways and I see everyone romanticizing like, you know, mental health issues and introverts. And absolutely, you deserve that love. But yo, save me a slice of the cake too. Shit. Yeah, just because people are like out there and like openly communicating doesn't mean they aren't internally dealing with a lot. And don't shame me for taking care of myself by sharing how I feel. Yeah. Do you know how much shit I went through in high school? You know, granted, there there is a lot of, uh, you know, it they're, they're, they're difficult waters to navigate when you literally, like, your own, th- like, therapy for yourself is you have to share your experience and you just need someone to listen, right? Now, using your friends as therapists, not good, you know? No. But if someone consents to saying, hey, I'll listen, and I, I'm in a place where emotionally I can deal with this, and whatever, that is, like, the best kind of fucking friendship you could ever have, right? Someone that says, yes, I'm in a place where I'm able to listen, or that person says, hey, you know what? I'm going through some stuff, or I just don't have the emotional capacity to listen. I'm like, I respect that. In fact... I love you so much for saying that, right? A lot of my adult friendships are like that now, which is fantastic. But like, you know, setting boundaries and whatever, but also not shaming me for having to like literally just word vomit all of my thoughts because that is how I process things, yeah. right? I, I had so much guilt, so much guilt. It was insane. I thought I was a bad person, right? I was like, oh no, you know, I internalized all of this rhetoric about, people that gossip or talk too much as being shitty you know and yeah, and no. then at the same time people turn around and say i envy so much you know i envy you for being able to just be yourself and talk and i'm like it's not that i want to talk i literally like i i operate in the space where it's hard for me to keep to myself yeah. right you know and- what <laughs> i have something to say on that too is like for me when i was younger so like I ended I ended up being like that but when I was younger when I was dealing with some really major depression I was like silent I internalized everything and I didn't speak to anybody and I tried to deal with it all on my own and like I literally didn't say anything to anyone and it made not even me no not even you like I wouldn't say anything and I just and it got worse and worse and worse and then it got to the point of like a lot of stuff happened in between. And then I got to the point where like the way that I started dealing with it was through just talking, uh, talking like now, like I overshare now I'm like an oversharer to the point where like, I'll like, even if it's not something about something that I'm struggling with, but if it's just something in my head 
then I'll just start talking about it. And like without acknowledging my audience, who I'm talking to, I just kind of start talking about it. And I think that like when I've had some people actually like who I respect greatly say to me, like you like, honestly, like I I appreciate where you're at and I respect where you're at, but like, I don't want to be, I don't want to receive that information. And I was like, honestly, thank you for telling me like, that's a big thing. It's important for me to hear that because like, I don't want to cause unnecessary stress on somebody else because Mm -hmm. of what I'm saying, you know? I think if I could have told my younger self anything, it would have been don't treat your friends as therapists. Right. That's a good one. That is a really good one. That was one of the questions. So I'm glad you answered that. <laughs> there you yeah, go. Like, like one of the things you would say to you, you yourself 10 years ago is, yeah, don't treat your friends like therapists. Yeah. And I would also say invest in good socks. <laughs> and uh, and I would say you do have anxiety. Just because you're extroverted does not mean you can escape the anxiety monster. Yeah, the anxiety is still there. That's the funny thing. Sometimes people have with anxiety overcompensate for it and do the opposite of what you would think somebody stereotypically with anxiety would do. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Okay, what's the next question, love? <laughs> well, I'm laughing. I'm laughing because you talked about socks and Hannah um, and her socks. I, okay, Here's the thing where I realized I wasn't normal, <laughs> but it's okay. Who she is cuts her socks? She cuts yeah, her socks. so I I hate the elastic on the top of socks. It cuts off my circulation, and I hate the indentation it leaves on my skin. And it's not like I have particularly like thick legs. <laughs> like <laughs> I just I hate. Because I have smaller feet, so I have to buy smaller socks. Like, I wear a size 7 or 7.5, and, and I'm almost 5'8". Like, 5'7", five, 5'8". Five, no, sorry, 5'6", five, 5'7". Five, I wish I was taller. That would be nice, <laughs> but whatever. I like my shortness. Uh, <laughs> I'm like 5'4". Yeah, you know what, Miranda? I, I credit that to uh, you giving me all your Easter candy and Halloween candy. Oh, my God. I, I just got a lot more nutrition growing up. That's why I'm Nutrition tall. from Halloween candy or Christmas or Easter candy. What do, you, what do you understand about nutrition, macros and micros? Come on. Oh, I don't want to get into it. That's my shit. <laughs> I won't get into it because I won't stop talking about it. <laughs> But um, sugar is definitely not one of those. If any, if I if I have one piece of advice for everyone in the world, it would be to never eat sugar again. This is an advice podcast. This is an advice podcast. So don't ever eat sugar again, you crazy bitch. Don't fucking do it. Don't eat fucking sugar. Don't eat sugar. Double double. Oh, can I get some diabetes? Sorry, Miranda. Okay, I almost said Alex. Oh my God! Uh, what do you think? name. Okay, I'm not gonna say it. I'm. We're moving forward, Hannah. Yeah. Okay. What? Sorry, I just got distracted by dust. What is? <laughs> <laughs> Hannah and dust. Hannah is like Hannah's like a dog. She's like squirrel. You know, she's like no, squirrel. Do not minimize me to that of being a fucking golden retriever. I, I hate that. Only I'm allowed to do that. Hannah, you just got distracted by a piece of dust. Let me do it. Yeah, I don't care. I The fact that I was aware enough and okay enough to share that, <laughs> that, that alone, alone, that's enough. 
Okay, Hannah is definitely not like that. This is another thing. Anyone with ADHD, Hannah's like an elephant. When oh, shut up. Hannah's they're intelligent. Elephants are one of the most intelligent animals, and they yeah, but they're big and dumb. They're not dumb. I don't want to be big. They're just big. They're just big and smart. I want to be like a smart ostrich. Uh, Why do you think ostriches are smart? They're not smart. I said if I could invent an animal, I would probably want to be an ostrich because they just look so fucking funny. Well, elephants are really smart. Actually, big fact, I find birds so weird. Birds are pretty weird. They're the closest thing we have to dinosaurs, and it's just so horribly weird. Birds are kind of weird, for sure. I just... <laughs> Yo, birds aren't real. Get on that trend. Hannah, I already know the answer to my next question that I'm gonna ask you. But I'm do gonna I ask like it craft anyway. beer? Yes. Yes, you do like craft beer. I can't stop looking at myself in the top little corner because I'm worried about the light. Here's one thing: I have high cheekbones, and uh, I always wonder if if it comes across as me having a wider face than I do, or if people can tell I have high cheekbones. One of the things is being an anxious teen, especially as a girl, right? You worry about your image so much. The amount of friends I've heard that are just like, you know, they struggle with body dysmorphia or just being like, you know, body issues that are like, I have this and that and this and that, you know? For some reason, I could never get over the fact that my cheekbones make my face look wider than it is. I think your cheekbones are gorgeous and they make you look more gorgeous. Like a Cruella DeVille? Or no. Level? Cruella DeVille, like, she's got some crazy no, cheekbones. I dig it. I don't know. I think it's... Come on. you got some nice cheekbones. You don't even find girls attractive like that. I have more say. <laughs> Hannah Banana. Yeah. What do you look for in a person that is an admiral trait? What is an admiral trait? Well, you see somebody in that, like, a specific trait that stands out to you. Someone that doesn't mind if I cut my socks. (laughs) Do you just, like, go up to people and be like, hey, hey, how's it going? By the way, I cut my socks. Is that okay with you? You got a problem with that? your friend, but first I got to fucking know. I cut my socks. Do you care? And they'll be like, yeah, man, that's a problem for me. That's weird. Why do you cut your socks? Well, you know what? Honestly, like, I think that's kind of strange. It's like a waste of fabric. So, like, what do you do with the loops after you cut them? Just invest in socks. Do you use them as scrunchies? Do you use them as hair elastics after? Honestly, I save them because I think that I'll use the elastics for something eventually. But I've never done them. Never done that. I have a box of sock elastics. I'm not surprised that you do. I'm actually admitting this. Holy fuck. <laughs> no, I'm not surprised. I, I knew you did. Like, I knew you're the kind of... Like, yeah, that's our Italian blood. Just like, don't throw it out. I'm gonna use it. Hoarding? Yeah. <laughs> Hoarding? Yeah, that's a problem we have. Don't throw it out. I'll use it. Trust me. I'm gonna use it. I'm gonna use the plastic bag. I'm gonna use I'm gonna use the plastic bag. Don't throw you it. The, you you throw out the plastic, plastic bag. bag. You use the fucking Tupperware. You use the plastic bag. I don't That's know. True. Don't, just don't throw it out. You gonna throw that out? We can use that. <laughs> All right. Hands bananas. Hands bananas. Just right. so you know, she came up with that nickname for me. I've never consented. I call her hands bananas. 
I think that if you ever care. had a company, I, I, I like, tell people, I tell people they're like, oh, some people just will be like, Hannah, like Hannah Banana, can I, hey Hannah Banana, how are you? And then I'm just like, I'm good. And they're like, wait, do you care if I call you that? Because they look for a reaction, and I'm like, no, I don't really care what you call me as long as it's not derogatory. <laughs> And then everyone awkwardly laughs and they're like, oh, okay. <laughs> but genuinely, like, ish, like, you know, prone. Part of me was like, you know, maybe I will jump on the train of being like, I, I'll go by she, they pronouns. Um, but ultimately, end of the day, I don't really care. Like, I can be she, they, he, any honest, because I don't really... I don't know that this is something I've never spoken to you about I think eh but like you know I was there was a bit I don't I didn't even open up too much about this with in general but you know I, I don't I know I come across as being really feminine like my voice and my chest and the shape of my body no matter what is really feminine but sometimes I try to escape that by dressing down or whatever but I find those looks equally attractive on me you know yeah well I mean I, I remember one time like I was I was going to work and Joe's just like do you he's like do you dress like a gay person I was like uh I don't think so and then Hannah's just I, like why Hannah's like why are you wearing your hat backwards you know that's a symbol for lesbianism I was like what the hell I did not know that lesbianism that's not what I said I'm, I'm like yo lesbians do that sometimes yeah, but I was like, what the hell? So, like, apparently sometimes the way that I dress apparently comes off as gay. <laughs> Which is, I'm just like, I just, it's. I thought it was like, because i kind of been tomboyish. But then also sometimes I'm not. So I don't really know. I, don't, I have, like, a, my own style. Like, what would you say my style is? Like, I don't know. People, I, like. I would, yeah. I would just say, like, like, a Zoomer version of punk. Zoom punk. I'm a Zoom hippie punk. Sorry, I just love I I love to just kind of dig at you a little bit, but not in a way that's actually offensive. I don't even know what zoomers are, but uh, Hannah Banana, you're closer to a zoomer than I am, is all I'll say. Hannah, if you could create or change one law, what would it be? Um, if you, uh, uh. Pet adoption should be the new norm instead of puppy farms. That's cute. I love the little pups. But um, I, I, could, I could go very political about this. No, yeah. Because, like uh, there's, a, there's a lot of dogs out there that need adopting. And Hannah has two dogs that were adopted. Jackson adopted. and Bandit. Yes. You follow them on Instagram. <laughs> I would. I would. If I could, I would vote in favor of. Um, conspiracy theories being legitimately illegal um, to be shared on social media sites. What if I what if they explicitly said at the beginning, "This is not true. It's a conspiracy theory," and no, then no, said people it. Would, people would ignore that. They would still use it to for their confirmation bias and all that shit. I, I don't think I finished my points at all, but I forget what the initial question was. Just going to be honest. It, it, well, you originally started talking about pet adoption. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to be funny. 
You start talking about pet adoption, and then you start talking about politics. It's true, though. Don't, don't, don't adopt an animal if, uh, if you can't commit. And also, B, if you are supporting puppy farms, half, like, some of the dogs are literally just, like, put down if they're not adopted. Or, or some, some dogs are just abused for their breeding potential, and it's really fucking sad. It is. So you know what I we agree can... with that. I agree. Don't go to your local pet store, or pet puppy farms, um, or in breeders. Go to uh, adopt some dogs so they don't get put down and euthanized because they're good. They're trained. They're potty trained. They got their Not shots. All the time. Not all the time. Not all the time where they fully like gray. Like Hannah's one dog is insane but cute. <laughs> Bandit is it's something true. else. Bandit is something else. I know. You. I love him, though. I like him because he's the outcast. Like me. (laughs) Something to connect about. Anna, what is... um, If you could solve one problem in the world, what would it be? Equality slash equity. Equality slash equity. Some people have been given the short end of the stick. And by that, I mean... If the stick is 10 centimeters long, they're given maybe one millimeter. Damn. They deserve more than a millimeter. And for things to be equal, we have to make sure that all of the other, <clears throat> you know, answers are, 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 all the needs are met. They're not all the exact same needs. So I think the term is equity. No, is it? Let me Google it. I'm thinking specifically I'm sure I'm I'm really I'm thinking of this one uh, political cartoon I saw oh can I just share how much I love like political cartoons they they capture an entire message in this really perfectly comical way that just like even if you don't read the language you can probably understand I think that is just pure genius just like a short photo ah you could talk about like photojournalism but that's not really what I meant oh yeah this is the thing I'm thinking about right equality might mean giving everyone the same like if you think of you give everyone the same thing or you give people what they need yeah to become to get onto equal to get to so that they can reach equality 